When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Anthony Weidel, Dan Colbert, um, and the rest of the Steelers front office is able to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond a roster that's currently one and three on the season, which is why I'm not going to say they continue the chase for the seventh Lombardi. Yeah, it's not out of the question, but pretty unlikely, I think. Um, and it's pretty exciting because we know now Kenny Pickett, will start his first full game in the NFL uh, against the Buffalo Bills this coming weekend. Um, really excited to talk about that in part two of the show. Um, so we're actually going to flip the script in today's show, part one. I'm actually going to preview the Buffalo rookies. Um, as you know, I like to do a bit of a rookie report uh, in season with this show. So we're going to touch on the Buffalo rookies to start with. And then in part two, I'm going to, I mean, hopefully the title, I hope there's been no changes on the um, from the producing side, but Really, I want to talk about the fact that we have gone from having killer bees to now we've got the young peas on offense. So maybe they might be the killer peas or there might be something for them. But until while they're all in their rookie contracts, they can be called the young peas in my mind. Um, in Pat Freeman, Kenny Pickett, uh, and George Pickens there, who I really believe are the future, at least for the receiving side of the offense. But they're the big playmakers, um, particularly why we focus on an offensive line uh, that's you know, not necessarily um, able to really create the holes for Naj- Najee Harris, but also, you know, if if these two guys are firing and Kenny Pickett's the franchise quarterback we all want him to be, that that's where their focus is going to be, particularly in the way the NFL is playing now. But anyway, we'll talk about that in part two. Let's get to part one, Buffalo Bills. 
um, had a pretty big draft. One thing that I thought was interesting when I was looking up the stats this week was really around the fact that Buffalo has an average of 4.1 um, years on their roster. So they're actually a pretty young team. And if you think about how successful they've been, that's a pretty scary prospect for a lot of teams in the NFL because these guys are hanging around. Um, yeah, you've got guys, that means there's guys coming off the rookie contracts. But at the same time, um, yeah, it's just it's just a really young team. And, you know, you think about a Josh Allen and, and those sorts of blokes, it's it's pretty crazy. The Steelers were younger at three and a half, but we're kind of in that sort of spectrum where there's a lot of guys that really have to prove themselves, whereas sort of Buffalo are more coming along in that development um, as well. So kind of interesting from that perspective. We also know, obviously, they had a notable fourth-round pick um, in a punter that's since left that franchise. Um, so that's one thing to note as well, is that that's where they spent their fourth-round draft pick. So we'll kick off with Balen Spector, who's a linebacker, uh, six foot two, two thirty pounds, out of um, Clemson. He was drafted in the seventh round. wasn't really someone on my draft radar um, going into the, going into the draft, but you know, as I said, seventh round draft pick, it can be a bit of a lottery um, at that point. He's only played special teams on the season. Um, he's played the most he's played was sixty four percent of those special team snaps in week four in the Buffalo's game against Baltimore. But otherwise, he's really not done anything hell notable. Um, he was play- he's was he got jersey number 54. So if you're seeing him on the weekend against the Steelers, you- you're going to be seeing him line up probably more so in special teams than anywhere else. And of course, we know, you know, uh, Buffalo have linebackers like Matt Milano, uh, tr- you know, Tremaine Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds, and Trey Edmonds' brother. Um, so, you know, you- you're going to have like those guys basically dominate uh, those inside linebacker um, or middle linebacker because they play a 4-3 uh, scheme. Then you've got Quinton Morris, uh, who was there, who was undrafted. Uh, he is a six foot four, two hundred forty eight pound uh, defensive end. I have him as on my list. I actually don't have to specify the position, but if I remember correctly, um, that's what he was there when I pulled him up. Um, yeah, they haven't actually. It's funny, profile reference don't actually state it, but my understanding is that he is uh, that defensive end. Um, he's played. Um, only on special teams as well. He played 70% in week two, 64% in week three, 68% in week four. So again, you know, not necessarily a guy that you're going to see. Oh no, he's, he's a tight end. I lie. He's a tight end. I do have it listed right down the bottom and he's jersey number 85. That's how I, that's how I could find it. Perfect. Um, but yeah, my, my apologies there, but yeah, look, he's a guy, as I say, he's really playing on special teams. That's where you're going to see him. Um, so yeah, it's not necessarily a guy that's going to be a game changer against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Then we go to, uh, Terrell Bernard on the Buffalo Bills. He was taken in the third round. He's a linebacker, six foot one, 220 pounds, a bit more of a coverage linebacker. Um, he was taken out of Baylor. Uh, I thought he was taken pretty high in the draft of that position, but Hey, the Buffalo Bills are in a position where they're able to draft guys that fit certain needs. And this is an interesting need for them, particularly in AFC um, and having a guy in a coverage linebacker that can line up against different tight end groups. He played almost 30% of the snaps in week two, recording three tackles. Um, in week one, he played 1% for one snap against uh, the Rams on the defensive side. 
Uh, special teams, he's played a season low of 58% in week one, a season high of 70% against Tennessee in week two. So he sort of floats between that 58 and 70 mark in terms of special team snaps. A guy like the Steelers would, he's, you know, he's making his name for himself on um, special teams as he develops, you know, as an NFL player and he's wearing jersey number 43. That's Terrell Bernard, but it's spelled different to Terrell Edmonds. It's T-E-R-R-E-L. Then we've got Prince Emily, um, or Emily. Never heard his name actually said, uh, which is funny enough. He's a defensive tackle, six foot two, 300 pounds out of Pennsylvania. Uh, so might be someone familiar to you guys as Steeler fans. Uh, not someone that I really have done, um, you know, a heat, a heat load of. And that's the way they pronounce him with pro football reference. Um, he does have a first name starting with O that I would butcher live on air right now. Um, but, uh, and that's what you may know him more as, um, as well. He's yet to, he's, so he's played two games on the season in week three and week four. Uh, he's played 16% of this, of the defensive snaps in week three, 29% in week four. He had three tackles and a pass defense against Baltimore. Uh, he's played no special teams. So we might see a bit more of him this week against the Steelers. He's starting to get a few snaps for them on the defensive side of the ball. Then you've got Christian Benford, and he, he was taken in the sixth round, 185th overall, uh, out of Villanova, uh, a bit more basketball school, uh, from my experience anyway. But, uh, he had, has had six tackles combined on the season so far, one tackle for a loss, one pass defense. So he had the tackle for loss in week two, the pass defense in week one. He's played almost half of the defensive snaps weeks one through three. Um, and so he played 91% of them in week two against Tennessee, actually. And obviously they, they were ahead in that game. So they started to give some guys some reps, some second and third tier guys. He also plays on special teams. He's played no more than a third of the special team snaps on the season. He didn't play, um, week four. So, and he is a defensive back and he, so he may be out of this game. I know that the, um, the, the sort of the up news update on his pro football reference profile talks about, Xavier Rhodes coming in. So whether he's out um, for this game, it'll be interested to see. Um, but then Xavier Rhodes was on the practice squad. So um, yeah, it's sort of interesting. I did see one update that said he would need surgery to repair a fractured hand, but I'm not sure um, what that means in terms of his long-term prospects and whether that actually went ahead. Um, I saw that right before I went on air. Um, so that's kind of an interesting one from Christian Benford's side, but he's a guy that's contributed. So even if he's out of this game, um, you'll find that that might weaken uh, a little bit of what the Buff- Buffalo had been scheming up. And considering they've had other defensive back injuries, this just puts the pressure on them and it could create an opportunity for the Steelers um, in the re- on the receiving side of the offense. Then you've got Khalil Shakir, uh, wide receiver. I was kind of interested in the Steelers looking at him in the sixth round or fifth round even, um, but obviously they got Calvin Austin way higher um, as well. Calvin Austin's a much quicker player. He So Khalil Shakir was drafted in the fifth round, 148th overall out of Boise State. Um, he had a pretty cool college career, definitely a bit of production there. He's played in week two and week four. He had two targets for no receptions in week two. Then last week against Baltimore, he had two targets for two receptions for 23 yards. Um, so obviously no drops there. He's played 35% of the offensive snaps in week two, 25% in week four. He's played one snap on special teams on the season so far. Um, so you know, it's not really where you're going to see a deep amount from him. He wears jersey number 10. 
Uh, so that's pretty interesting. I guess like, you know, we, we don't really have any, a load of low numbers, um, underneath 10 on the wide receiver side. Um, he runs a four, four, three. So he's a pretty, pretty quick 40 yard guy. Um, and you know, perhaps you'll see a bit more from him this week against the Steelers, um, particularly. We then have James Cook drafted in the second round, 63rd overall. So right at the back end of the second round out of Georgia, Dalvin Cook's brother, um, so five foot eleven, 190 pounds. So a bit more of that change of pace back for them really gives them something in their offense. When you think that they've got, um, uh, Zach Moss, I think it is. And, um, Singletary as well. Um, so, oh, sorry, David Montgomery. Um, am I getting that mixed up? I think I'm getting Mont- Montgomery and mixed up with, um, he plays for the, he plays for the Chicago Bears, I think, David Montgomery. I'm going to get this wrong. It's Singletary that plays for them, isn't it? Yes. Dave Montgomery plays for Chicago. I was right. Devin Singletary plays for um, <laughs> Buffalo. I get those two guys really mixed up. I don't know why. Um, but anyway, I've done that before. <laughs> it's just like a it's like a bogey names and positions with those guys. I don't think they were taking the same draft. But anyway, uh, so moving back to <laughs> James Cook. Uh, he's played in three games on the season so far, as I said. One rush for two yards in week one, 11 rushes for 53 yards in week two. I watched a lot of his his gashes of Tennessee um, in in week two because I watched the last half of that game, um, Buffalo-Tennessee. And then he had one rush for three yards in week three. He didn't play. He only played 3% of the offensive snaps in week four. You might see a bit more from him this week, particularly if the Bills start getting ahead and they want to know, like you know, basically hold possession. They're getting gains, um, keeping their guys back, right? Keeping their running backs fresh. Particularly, if I think if the Bills can get up like eight to ten points at some point in the game, I think that's where they'll really look to do that and just choke the Steelers of possession um, and put the pressure on a rookie like Kenny Pickett to actually have to throw the ball. Do like you know, we saw that with the Hail Mary on the weekend, you know, which wasn't his fault. And we'll get to that in part two. But, you know, you force a rookie into having to make plays. Um, you're going to put them under pressure, and you may well force mistakes. And then we've got their round one pick, uh, who spent a bit of time being injured through the offseason um, or through the, the preseason, if you like, um, you know, in training camp. But Kaya Elam, six foot two cornerback, 195 pounds, so he's a bigger cornerback. Um, his birthday's four days difference from mine, funnily enough. Really young at 21, too. So he's someone that we're going to see on this Buffalo team for a long time to come if you think he'll get a fifth-year option. Obviously, uh, they've wanted to see a lot out of him given their defensive back injuries. Um, you know, Hyde's out for the season. Travis White is out for still a long time to go, or he might even be out for even longer. I know Dane Jackson's out now. He had a bad hit, I think, on the week uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah, kind of interesting from that perspective. I think he did that in that Tennessee game, actually. Um, but anyway, back to Kaya Ilam. He has played 45% of the defensive snaps in week one, two-thirds of them in week two, all of them in week three, and 99% um in week four. Uh so definitely a guy that's making contribution in terms of his production on the season so far. He has 15 tackles combined, one pass defense. Um, let's hope we can. If you know if he's in this week, let's hope that he's not um 
getting in his first career interception against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I please, please, please hope I don't, I've not put the um, Mickey on that or, or predicted that one too quickly. Um, but yeah, that's Kai Elam and he wears Jersey number 24. Um, really fast guy ran a four three nine. If you remember 40 yards time at the NFL combine. So with that, we're going to take a break on Steelers more and join me for part two. We're going to talk about the young peas and a bit of the Steelers rookies as well. Um, as we look to preview, I guess, and, and start talking about what, what might happen this weekend against the Buffalo Bills. So stay tuned for part two. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you on the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, um, the rest of Steel's front office, including Art Rooney II, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. A roster that needs to get that winning feeling um, back. They're 1-3 on the season. So close last week. Defense needed to help the offense, um, but things are starting to move. And so this week, uh, you know, I'm going to get into my young peas that I sort of started talking about in week one, in part one of the show. It's just that natural part where that's what I talk about and I do the opposition's team in, in part two. But I wanted to flip it up, be a bit different this week um, in terms of how we sort of did things. So, look, before we get to the young peas, I'm going to talk about, just give you a quick um, update on the other rookies that we've had play on the season so far. Um, so, we are going to talk about Jalen Warren first. Um, I know that there are a couple of pass blocks that a few people, I've seen that through the rounds on social media from this last week against the Jets. But he had three rushes for 18 yards. That's primarily what he's there to do. One reception for four yards um, as well. So that was a nice performance from him. He played on third of the special team. So that's sort of been consistent with what he's done all year. And look, he's providing three to five rushes um, in each game he plays. That's just helpful for Najee, right? That's just helpful for Najee because there are those sorts of plays. Give Najee, Najee a breath, you know, particularly on some downs. Maybe it's a drive. The Steelers have had pretty average drives so far this season um, as well where they haven't dominated the possession. So you would probably, that's limited how much we've seen from Warren. But where he can spell Najee, whether it's three snaps a game, five snaps a game, seven and nine snaps a game down the stretch, that's really helpful. And he's proven his work in pass block. And I love him. I just call him a little nugget. Um, I just think he's just a really little hard little nugget or a little brick. Um, and he just does it cannonball even, and he just does what he needs to do. He's a hard player, plays with passion. Love the enthusiasm he has in some of the press conferences. Well, not press conferences, but you know, the, the locker room co- press conferences, um, or door stops, we, we would call them here in Australia. But yeah, I just, I just love that from him. And I'm just excited to see him continue to be a contributor, um, on this Steelers team. 
Then we've got DeMarvin Leal, who stepped up a bit. Uh, Cam Hayward is suffering a couple of niggling injuries, and you know I, it looks like he should play this week. But if he doesn't, Leal will have to stop even step up even more. He had four tackles on it on the weekend and a tackle for a loss. That was his best performance statistically on the season so far. It was the most snaps he played at 39%. Um, so he continues to contribute. And I still think this is an absolute steal for the Steelers um, in the third round of the draft. Just it's epic to have a guy like this um, with that experience there. Um, you know, his size, but agility, experience, rushing rushing the passer across the defensive line all the way out to the five technique, um, which lines up near the tackle. I think that's just, it's just awesome to see that versatility with Leal. And he's a guy for a long time, you know, put in there as a top, a, a top 10 pick um, as well. In, during the the sort of draft season, if you like. So, yeah, um, everyone knows I'm a fan of him. If you regularly listen to the show, you know I love to bring him up. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to see him continue to progress and and as a, as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And we need to him in any snaps he plays this week, no matter how many, um, to really step up and help, you know, put that Bills offense under some pressure. And you got Cameron, uh, Cameron, Connor Hayward, uh, played 2% of the offensive snaps, no statistical contribution there um, in terms of week four. Did play 70% of the special team snaps or 69%, so he continues to contribute there. That's where he's going to make his name for himself. Um, I did, interestingly, when you go back and watch the tape, there's a bit of Derek Watt in there. Um, so, And I know Connor Hayward's right now listed as a tight end. I wonder if over time they'll transition him to this fullback position. Uh, I think that might help them in terms of uh, like roster and management and what have you. Um, but but hey, Connor he, Haywood is just going to be on that ro- that team, and he's going when he gets opportunity. Opportunity, hopefully it's not through an injury, um, but hopefully it's a particular sc- scheme or play. He will get his opportunity at some point, and he'll be able to make a difference, and he'll show up big, and we're all going to love him, and he'll become a cult figure, and not just because he's Cam's brother. <laughs> Classic. Okay. So that kind of takes us through the rookies that are, that are really contributing in that way that don't have a name called P. Now I'm kind of cheating, not cheating here, but we're kind of taking, extending this out because Pat Freemuth is a P. So as I said earlier in part one, you, we've had the killer bees. Now it's time for the young P's. Patty Freemuth, Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, Pat Pickens, Pickett. Well, pick it, pickens, pat. However, maybe that's the easiest way to do it. Um, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to go pat first because he's not a rookie. Um, but these are the guys that I just think this is where the offense is centered around now. I know we talk about Najee and he will contribute, but the reality is is that if Kenny Pickett turns out to be the real deal, these guys could be the future of the offense for the next eight to ten years. Really, like I mean, a running back. It's it's hard to judge how long you're going to have left with your with the with the mileage and injuries and you know whether we're gonna Pittsburgh haven't really wanted to pay that guy and Najee's not necessarily doing enough in the short passing game he's behind the line of scrimmage but he's not doing a, a, a complete you know Alvin Kamara um, you know Le'Veon Bell type stuff I think he's capable of it uh, in, in some of that uh, and I would love to see more of that I'm so, I mean, I'm interested to see now with Kenny Pickett installed at quarterback whether he starts to bring Najee into more of that beyond the line of scrimmage, but still short passing game. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah, these are the three guys. I'm going to call them the young peas from now on. You know, I did talk whiskey business. I know Jeff liked that one. Um, you know, it's better than Mitch Berg. 
No, and I don't think, you know, you need to be a franchise quarterback for that. That's not turned out. Um, Got to say, Kenny's my guy. Even when he took the field with my friends, it was like, that's your guy. I was like, yes, that's my guy. Um, I love Kenny Pickett. Big fan of him. Went head-to-head a little bit with it with our, my great BTSC colleague, Andrew Woolbar, on him with Malik Willis. But I love Kenny Pickett. I love the attitude he brings to the team. The press conference, that's everything we want in a, want in a quarterback. I think he, he talks the talk. I think he can walk the walk. I think you saw that where he ran the ran, um, if you like, on or ran the run, if you like, on the weekend with those two rushing touchdowns. He's a gamer. Um, and I loved hearing Big Ben talk about Kenny Pickett from the perspective of Pickett was like, ah, I should never throw in that last ball, you know, and Ben was like, he just, he took it too hard on himself. And it's also, I texted him back and said, you're talking to the guy who never threw the ball away. Um, the cat, the pass to Claypool, I can't believe the commentator talked about Pickett throwing a bad pass. Claypool is six foot four. If he cannot catch a ball above a five ten and a five eight, um, two defensive backs, that is ridiculous when he was in the air. That's not on Kenny Pickett. Doesn't matter if the route Claypool was meant to continue on diagonally toward the end zone. Even if that was true, and I know, I, I, I don't know whether you can actually predict that that is the case unless you're on the Steelers' offensive staff. It's dumb commentary. I, that's some parts of commentary I just hate. But anyway, like that's not a bad throw. The Freemuth one, yeah, probably. But hey, he didn't even have any first-team reps. And so what? Bad throw, rookie quarterback. We're on this train. I don't care if we go 2-15. and 15. Um, I'm on the train with Kenny Pickett now. He'll be fine this season. We'll win more games than what people think we were going to before this change. Um, and the last pass, you throw it up Hail Mary to win. If you, if we'd come down with that catch, everyone would be screaming his name. So I I I just it's not even a it's not even an issue um in my mind. Um with that, you chalk two of those up to the other guys. It's like, you know, with the sacks, with the five sacks on the season, the offensive line going into this game. Two of them are on Trubitsky because he went scrambling around and ran out behind the line of scrimmage. They're not on the actual offensive line. So you gotta, you gotta make sure. Even people that like see the game live, whether they're there or, or at home, sometimes you gotta check yourself and you gotta go back and watch the tape um, because not everything you see right then and there always makes sense. And the commentators, I'm finding this season in the NFL are getting so many things wrong or making so many dumb assumptions. It's really hard to watch. Um, I think I'm gonna have to move on to muting it and watch, listening to Steelers radio while I do it. Um, can be hard though, because sometimes I watch things on an hour delay. Because when the games are three AM here in Australia, I like to just get that extra hour, like four and five AM. Um, but the time zones changed recently, so it's easier for us. But anyway, Patty Framuth, a guy that produced in college. Um, but what's interesting is his best college year was a five hundred and seven yard season in twenty nineteen, where he averaged eleven point eight. He had seven TDs. The year before, he had eight to eight TDs, but he had a lot less yardage. And the reason why I bring that up is this season, he's actually on track to having a much better year than last year. Last year, he had um, 497 yards and it was six TDs. Um, this season, he's only got one TD so far, but he's already accumulated. Um, yeah, so last year, he had 497 yards for seven TDs. Seven TDs, that's right. Uh, it was third most mean for Titans in the league. Um, but yeah, this season, 223 yards. Um, so he's almost halfway on that number. Um, one touchdown. So less on the touchdowns, but I mean, Trubitsky throwing like two touchdowns and one, like, you know, in a, you know, interception. So ridiculous. Um, and 
he's averaging 12.4 yards, which is pretty incredible. Um, that's more than that's, you know, up there toward what he had in college in 2018 in college, he averaged 14.2, um, 13.5 in, in 2020, 11.8 in 2019. So while that was his highest yards and, um, second highest touchdown season, it was his lowest yardage, but he's starting to get that rhythm in. He's starting to become that key target for the offense. And look, he could have even more yardage. He's only caught 60% of his balls. Um, throwing toward him as well. So not too bad from him. He's had 30 targets, 18 receptions. Last year, he had 79 targets, 60 receptions. As Kenny gets more experience in the NFL, I'm sure, you know, Frymouth will see more balls. Um, but they also, I don't mind if his catch rate's a little bit lower because I want to see him in that intermediate passing game, making plays, getting into space, dominant, you know, using that size, um, speed and catching and those hands to really make plays against the offense. And that means you're going to have more balls and more balls means more chance for drops. Um, but I'm excited by what he's doing. And, you know, technically he's on pace to have a plus 800, um, you know, 800 yard season. And he should really, um, bar injury, be able to get those seven TDs, um, uh, the six more TDs to get seven up there, uh, through the rest of the season. So really excited for him. If he can get that catch rate to like 70% as well. Life will really be hunky-dory for Pat Freemuth. And that's all we need. Imagine if you could just say with the Steelers, Pat Freemuth's going to get us somewhere between 650 and 900 yards a season, sit five between five and seven TDs. You'd love to, you'll love to see it. You'd love to see it, to use that phrase we all use now. Um, if we can do more, better, great. But if he did that year in, year out, he'd still be a top five wide receiver in this league um, for sure. People might have breakout years or whatever, but if you average that over your career, It'll be terrific um, from Patty Freemuth. So, yeah, kind of cool from him. The other thing I'll say is that I know we joke about PFF grades, um, but his PFF grades on the season so far are a lot higher um, than they were last year. So he was a 74.3 this year versus a 72.6 last year. But he had a 74.2 in week one. Then he had a real low in week two of 46.5 against the Patriots, and they would have schemed against him. Went up to a 78.4 against Cleveland. We know he got hit late, you know, in the fourth quarter by Trubisky hit him with some good throws. Some, well, I say good, but they were throws. Let's just call them that. Uh, late in that fourth quarter. And then last week against the Jets, he had an 83.7. So Patty Freeman is really coming on board and it's really exciting to see it. Um, and we, and you can see that in the, in terms of the yardage, um, as well. And so that 83 is actually a, a second highest in his career. He had an 85.6 against Chicago last year. Um, but these numbers are a lot higher, uh, average than what he did last year. And last year had a lot of waving anomalies, um, where there was like lows of 37.6. Most things were in, in the 62s. So let's say call PFF grades what you like, but his grades are getting better. And as I say, when we do, when I preview rookies um, on this show, you, even if you don't love the grade they're given or disagree with it, if you you can st- you can pull something um, from seeing what the grades average out on across different games and and whether someone's improving year to year as well. Uh, so that is Patty Frymuth um, or Frymuth. The next P on the list, and because we'll close out the show with the new quarterback number eight and Kenny Pickett, is George Pickens. Uh, and George Pickens is having a, an interesting season on, um, so far, 167 yards through four games. So that's an average of almost um, 42 yards a game. This week, obviously, he broke the 100 mark, first career first for him. He had 
six receptions off eight targets was pretty good um, as well. His offensive PFF grade was an 87.5, receiving grade 85.7. Um, and then, so he did pretty well from that perspective. Uh, he has um, done, he hasn't really done any pass blocking um, according to PFF, but he has done some run blocking. Um, his long on the weekend was a 27. Um, average depth of target was 20 yards, so they are flying him deep. Um, he's averaging 18 and a half on the season, which is pretty good. Uh, like I really think his average yardage on the season is a, fi- a 15.2 as well. So you're really seeing him really start to develop. Um, they have on pro football reference, they said his yards per target are an 8.4, which is, which is actually pretty good because if you look at um, what he did in college, uh, let me just get that right window up. They don't have yards per target there. They have average based on the total yards. So he averaged 15 across the course of his career at Georgia. So he's actually pretty much sticking to that in the NFL, which is pretty cool. Yards per touch of 15.2, right? Um, yards per target's different because obviously if you don't catch your targets, it lowers it down. But if you look at actual how much he's holding the ball and the yards he's getting, it's like on par with his average in college of 15. Um Receiving though, like in his last year at Georgia, where he only had four catches, um, oh, sorry, four games, five receptions, he averaged 21. You know, in the NFL, that's going to be pr- a pretty hard number to average versus that 15.2. Um, but the other years were 14.8 and 14.3. So, um, 14.3 and 14.8, I, I should clarify. So, George Pickens is like really up there and doing what he does best. Um, no TDs yet. That kind of that kind of sucks. Uh, we want to see him get a TD. We really want him to see it, get him to see him get a TD. Um, but he only had 14 um, in across 2019, 2020, rule out 2021 because of how much injury he had. Um, and he'll get there. He'll get there. He's a guy that might have a game of like where he doesn't get any touchdowns, and he'll get like I reckon a couple, um, and then he'll get like go no uh, one game none, and then he'll get like one, and then he'll go another game with like three. I, I'm not worried about that stuff. Let's just let him keep growing and growing and growing. Um, you know, so I'm just really excited to see, you know, how he continues um, to develop. What I did think was interesting, according to PFF, in terms of where he's lining up, um, he's averaging 9.5% in the slot. He played 10% of the snaps um, in the slot, and 10% of his snaps in the slot against the Jets. He's lining up out wide, um, otherwise 90.5% of the time. So for perspective, 13 snaps in the slot so far in the season, 124 uh, snaps in uh, out wide as well. And doesn't really line up. He hasn't lined up in line yet. And yards after the catch, if you're interested in the yak yardage, is 27 on the season so far. 23 of those came um, this, this last week against the uh, New York Jets as well. Uh so that's pretty interesting too. And he has only dropped... Um, geez, where'd this go? Let me pull that one up. Yeah, dropped some targets. He had two. Obviously, we know he had the two last week, uh, but he had none other in his other the other three weeks of the season so far. So he's really doing pretty well um, from a George Pickens perspective. And so now we get to my guy, Kenny Pickett, number eight, six foot three, 220 pounds, uh, right arm thrower out of Pittsburgh. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. My guy, uh, 76.9% um, completions on the weekend, 
10 from 13. He only played the second half, 120 yards um, passing, 65.1 was his passer rating. Those three interceptions really brought that down. No TDs. Uh, he was he was just like trying to get the Steelers back into the game. He had six rushes, 15 yards, two TDs, uh, one fumble as well. Um, I recovered that ball too. Uh, 48% of the offensive snaps on the, uh, in the game. Steelers actually one time possession. I talked about that. We can chalk this one up as a loss, but still it's 20 from 24 games. The last three and a, half, three and a bit seasons, three and a half seasons, when they still have dominated possession, they've won the game. But if you're dominating the, the possession by like, I think it was like one second or something that they that they won that game um, with, that's not, that that doesn't change it. You know, we need we need a minute or a couple of minutes uh, difference. Um, you need basically enough that, you, I mean, two, you have four minutes, so you've got two, the Steelers, two extra drives, um, you know, two extra drives in it. That's when you can really judge how dominating possession sort of really helps you um, from that perspective. But look, Kenny Pickett, there was that spark. I mean, yeah, that's right. There was the one second. But there's just, yeah, it was just, it was just a spark in, in is the energy and what he brought after it. And I know that was a bit salty, Mitch. I thought people took some of his comments um, about the whole spark thing a little bit out of context. If you look at the whole interview, I don't think it was as salty. He could get his time again. I mean, we are throwing... Can he hear the wolves, as everyone says? I don't think so. And this O-line can hold him up. Kenny's a baller. Look at that hit. The way he threw that ball with Quinn Williams, that was exactly the same poise that he showed when I talked about on Touchdown Under with Marky D um, last week or the week before, I think it was. I think it was two weeks ago now. Um, the poise, he, yeah, it was. The poise he when he threw that pass, and I go on and on and on about it often since then, but against the Jags that to Deontay Johnson into the end zone that got pulled back for a holding penalty against is either Dan Moore or Chooks, I think it was that one. Um, but with that, with that, he showed the same poise. And, and he did that again this week with Quentin Williams, who smacked him and he just got up and smiled and was like, This is it. I'm in the NFL and I love it. I love it. I reckon this is the guy. Um, but hey, we'll be interested to see what he does this week. Uh, I did have a look at what he did in terms of passing depths because I did find that kind of interesting versus what he did in college because I loved what he was able to do in the middle of the field in college. So he completed um, 100% of his passes, which is one for one deep left, one for two deep center with 50, although if he, Claypool knew how to catch a ball at his size, I don't know how it's that hard. Um, you know, he, he that would be 100%. 100% immediate left, intermediate left, 100% intermediate center. He didn't have any passes to the intermediate right. 100% short left, two out of three short right. He didn't throw short center, but the Jets were playing, you know, into that box and there was nothing open. There's nothing open. That's fine. Um, and obviously he didn't miss a pass behind the line of scrimmage as well. But his best, his best areas were deep center and intermediate center from a passing grade perspective on PFF. And yes, I've talked about that completion of only 50%. And yes, he only threw, you know, 10, only 10 passes were caught on the day, but 54 of his yards came, um, sorry, uh, I lie, um, 45, 45 out of his 120 yards. So more than a third of his yards came in the center of the field. So the center of the field. Um, and on the left side of the field, which you make sense with the right, with a right arm thrower, he had 53 yards as well. Um, but that's kind of it, it's kind of consistent with where 
deep center where he's like better places, deep center, intermediate center where his best area is in college. So I love seeing that here because I, I've sat there for a couple of weeks now, particularly on uh, some Steelers touch down under uh, with Marky D talking about how the Steelers don't throw it there. I've complained that Mitch doesn't throw it in the center of the field and Kenny's hitting the center of the field. That's exactly what we wanted to see. It's not that hard. Um, I also thought it was interesting Mike Tomlin's press conference in the last 24 to 48 hours, depending on the way the time zone works. Um, I listened to it today. It's Wednesday, my time. This show goes live. You know, I record on a Wednesday night, goes live Wednesday lunchtime or afternoon in the US. But in the in the Tuesday press conference, at least, Mike Tomlin uh, was talked about, did, did Kenny get more ownership of the playbook? Um, was he able to make change plays and do audibles effectively? Was sort of the question versus Mitch, who wasn't able to do that earlier in the season. And like Mike Tomlin said, you know, I don't agree with that statement. Um, all the specifics of that part of the statement because they sort of read, they quoted um, one of the players who, who talked about that. So that's kind of interesting because Mitch didn't want to touch that. Um, I think we all get it. Mitch was playing, you know, to keep the job in use on borrowed time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I just love that Kenny Pickett had an NFL rating. You know, if you break all this up into 12 areas, so deep left, deep center, deep right, intermediate left, intermediate center, intermediate right, short left, short center, short right, behind the line of scrimmage left, behind the line of scrimmage center, behind the line of scrimmage right, three out of those 12 areas, so 25% are a quarterback rating of 118.8. You know, most of them are all a quarterback rating, you know, if you actually threw in those areas above 80 like that's what you want to see from this guy. I'm just, I'm just really excited for what Kenny can do in the NFL. I'm excited for him to get his chance, uh, and I'm excited to see what they do this week with a full week of reps. He's got the job now. It's time to get moving. I don't think he takes it for granted. I think he'll be really serious about it. I think he'll be a player that um, performs the Steelers. He's going to a cauldron, and you know what's funny? I sort of said this week with Mark like this week or last week on touchdown under. And I, and I thought about it when people keep talking to him, like on the group was rich eyes in this week or Pat McAfee and talking about Kenny Pickett um, or any of the other BTSC shows that I've listened to and pod, other po- NFL podcasts. Everyone's like, Oh, they've got this really difficult run home or at least run to the buy, you know, with bucks bills um, and, and Miami. And I just sort of sit down like we do, but what if, there's no pressure now on Kenny. And of course there's pressure, like he doesn't want to lose a job. But what if Kenny what if Kenny wins a couple of these games? Then he's a hero. Then he's then the NFL season's back on track for the Steelers. So I'm kind of excited because like it'd be different if he's it was it was like this is the least amount of pressure he's gonna get compared to his second year. Um, you know, because now he's a starter and then he's gonna have all this big growth and you know, how is he gonna perform in a second year? Now he's playing with house money in my mind, Kenny Pickett. This is house money time. Particularly when most people thought he wouldn't start to the buy, but most people thought Trubisky was going to be better than what he is. So I'm excited for Kenny Pickett because, yeah, I, I just think pressure's off. Trust yourself, mate. He's he's clearly a gamer, clearly there to win games, uh, you know, and we'll do that. And they and they asked him in the post-game press conference, like, you know, oh, there's interceptions. Do you feel like you should throw there? It's like, well, I'm there to win the game. You know, I'm there to make plays. That's that's the attitude we need at quarterback. And that's what we loved about Big Ben Roethlisberger. So with that, I got one thing to say before this week's game. Go Steelers.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.